Hello and welcome to Dirty Talk with Chapman and Tati. I'm Chapman. And I'm Tati. We're two college students who aim to discuss sex, romance, and everything in between. On this show, we have frank conversations about our experiences, feminist theories, sexual health, and more. So, just sit back and enjoy a little bit of Dirty Talk. Hello there. Today, we are going to be talking about virginity and first times. We're going to talk a little bit about sex as political, sex in the context of inequalities, and sex from an intentionally feminist perspective. And today, our guest is our lovely, as always, friend, Rachel. Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, she, pardon the way she sounds. She is a little sick. The flu sucks. The flu sucks. Everybody's got it. <laughs> but Wash I just want to jump right into it. Um, you, had a, you had a text you had brought up that I want to I wanna hear more about with sexuality. Yeah, so uh, about a year ago, I read this text called Sexuality, written by Catherine McKinnon. came out in 1989. I read it in a class last year, and I first went through it, and it kind of it contextualized sex um, in a way that was a little bit frightening for me. It was saying okay. that, <laughs> are you ready? Yeah. Um, me being a person who, like, a budding feminist, like, mm. heck yeah, sex positivity and liberation, like, do what you want. It's all fun and great. And I read this, and McKinney kicked my ass, because <laughs> she was like, hey, sex as we know it is rooted in misogyny, rape, and violence. And it's still, it's kind of violent and kind of rapey. And I was like, McKinnon, no. <laughs> So then I, uh, in this class, I wrote a response to it, a little mm. academic response, a little angsty academic response. I was like, okay, don't king shame, don't sexuality shame, whatever you do is great, just ask for consent. If you're empowered, it's awesome. Which was bull, because right. I had to think about it for a little bit, and I was like, damn, power dynamics violence, lack of consent. These are things that I can't avoid that are right. tainting our sexual experiences. Right. Well, because it's, it's great to look at sex as being, yes, it's a very liberating thing, especially with, you know, the the freedom, the free sex movements of, you know, the 70s, 60s, yeah. 70s. But you can't ignore the issues that do exist with it. Right. And that's not to say that sex is a bad thing. Like, it's not to go, oh, yeah, sex is terrible. But... It's everything has, you know, it's both sides of the same coin. You yeah. need to at least be aware of it if you're going to be very, if you're going to be a sex positive yeah, person. Yeah, sex positivity is more complicated than just blindly and dogmatically subscribing to freedom, right? Like, I think right now there's two schools of thought. There's people who are like, sex is bad. God hates me. The world hates me. And it's scary. And we're going to do it in the dark under the sheets. Sorry, Jesus. And then on the other side, there's people who are like, everything is great, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that we have to challenge ourselves to be a little bit more open-minded, but then a little bit more critically thinking than that. Right. Not everything you do comes from a great place. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. Uh, but to analyze our kinks and analyze our perspectives. Oh, man, I don't want to analyze my kinks. <laughs> that's, we'll a, that's, some, that's some Freudian Tune stuff. I just in know in it. The future. Yeah, but Freud, <laughs> what do we know about Freud? Uh, Freud thought everything was sex. Right. 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 He thought everything was incest. Uh, <laughs> he, he must have had his own edible complex to have seen an edible complex in so many people, right? Fair. Like, he must have had his own issues. Oedipal is the, the adjective. Like, I thought you said edible complex. An edible. <laughs> what does that look like? Uh, he had a, a specific edible? pair of underwear that he brought to every <laughs> haven. An edible complex. <laughs> 
but yeah but i mean and he definitely was an early thinker of you know sexuality and psychology at the same time and he got a lot of things started he didn't get a lot of things right but he got a lot of things started um but can we just i want to shift into and just kind of talk about like the definition of virginity because that's that's our topic for the day and that's it's it's our first time episode, hence the fact that we're talking about first times. Because um, yeah, it feels like the first time. <laughs> I shouldn't be singing. Sorry. All right, I'm gonna, I'm just, let me pull up. So <laughs> definition, this is just, when I pull up Google, I don't actually know what source it's from. Perfect uh, way to do research. Yeah. Awesome. It's uh, it's whatever Google uses for their their sourcing. Probably know. Wikipedia. Yeah, probably. Uh, so it's the state of never having had sexual intercourse. Uh, or the state of being naive, innocent, or inexperienced in a particular context. So if you're a political virgin or a radio virgin or a podcast virgin. I am. She is. This is my uh, first time. <laughs> we'll podcast. be gentle. Um, <laughs> so, Gaze into my eyes. Stop. So um, the problem with that definition, I feel like, is it is it's very limiting and it gives this implication that virginity can only exist for people who intend at some point to have Sexual intercourse, which generally, you know, means penis, vagina, and generally is, you know, a heterosexual sort of sexual experience. But right. it's a question of, you know, does does what does oral count as? Does that always have to be third base or what does anal count as? You know, there's plenty of people who uh, are religious and believe that you can have anal sex and remain pure if you do it before marriage, right. which is a strange concept to right. me. Right, or that, again, you're talking about this coming from a very heteronormative place. Right. So if, you know, vagina to penis penetration is sex, then who, then, like, lesbians are just virgins forever. Yes, forever Which virgins. Means, like, Call them nerds. Probably, wouldn't that, like, negate the, like, Jesus is mad at you for virginity? Like, if Jesus is mad about virginity, well, but Jesus, then, like, happy about purity, like, are you are you good? Is Jesus mad about virgin? What? I actually, I've personally never under, and I mean, I grew up in a very non-religious upbringing, so I've never understood the idea of purity. I don't know if either of you understand why it's this idea of, you know, remaining a virgin until marriage. I can speak to the Catholic Church and that yeah. they teach that marriage is one of the holy sacraments okay and so if you have sex before marriage then that's kind of like violating that sacrament okay like, and also that they teach that you should be dating with purpose and purity dating and so with purpose I've if not you're always done that. having sex <laughs> then you're not dating with purpose or purity it, god forbid mm-hmm. yeah and i mean i'm sure if you look back at the history of you know catholicism and christianity there because there was a time you know before birth control where that's a good way to keep people from getting pregnant at a young age. It's like you get married, but then people would want sex, so they would end up getting married at a young age so that they could have sex, and it led to lots of lots of issues. Well, here's the thing about virginity that I think is an important to look at is it beyond being a frustrating social construct, beyond being weird to measure with homosexual relationships, it's actually like medically impossible to measure right so well because the the hymen is such that you know debated topic oh if she has a hymen or not but it's like a hymen can be um can be expanded doing a lot of activities yeah, it's not a freshness a seal right like it's not <laughs> you know that's it's important that to understand that it's like not the top of a yo play you know there's there's different <laughs> reasons that it <laughs> there there's different reasons that it does or does not 
pop, which so to is speak. also a terrible term. Can we just get that out there that the hymen does not pop? It can be torn, but usually it just stretches. It's it's like the rest of the vagina, pretty elastic. Yeah, I mean, a baby can come out of it. So it's interesting because the who's the princess right now that everyone likes? She's really pretty, English um, princess, legit, oh, legit princess. The, I don't know the one getting married to Harry. No, or the, the one, one ma- that is married. With oh, her. Kate. 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 Princess Kate. That's sure. not the name. She had to get a virginity test that's, before getting married. That's some that's archaic that. stuff. Someone, but it's not only is it archaic; it's bullshit. Like you can't, you can't measure it. You can't. Um, and so this is. I want to talk a little bit about Jessica Valenti. She's does awesome work mm-hmm. around the purity myth. Uh, she her book, The Purity Myth: How America's Obsession with Virginity Is Hurting Young Women. Excellent book. She also does uh, Full Frontal Feminism. Really great. And I just want to read this out to you um, because I think virginity is a construct that hurts people in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, one, it's it, it's kind of impossible in today's society. And, and we'll, we'll talk about this more. Is like there's no way for you to win if you can't be a virgin and if you can't be having sex. Right, because if you're a virgin, you're prude if you have sex or a slut, right? Yeah. And then again, with virginity being the kind of myth that it is, and there's no tangible way to measure virginity. We think there is. That's the thing. That's the mistake here. Is we think that there's this magical seal or a magical moment in high school. I was, <laughs> I spent a lot of time with this man. We, we spent like five months together, just like doing weird foreplay. He didn't want to have sex with me because he thought that me. Wait, hold on, you say weird foreplay. Was I just it just normal it's... foreplay, or okay, was there sorry. something weird about it? <laughs> It, what was weird to me is that it was five months of foreplay. That's a lot of foreplay. Right? Just straight. Five so, straight. I mean, <laughs> we took breaks. Rachel's not laughing out loud, <laughs> but she's laughing at my jokes, I promise. Um, <laughs> it was five months straight, but anyhow, um, he didn't want to have sex with me because he had he thought that like if if he put his penis all the way inside me, I would kind of imprint on him. Oh, that's a you know? yeah, that's a that's an interesting <laughs> like myth too. Like, I'll just fall in uh, love with you forever. This idea that, like, a girl becomes attached to any guy, <laughs> any guy she has sex with, apparently, but also specifically the guy she loses her virginity to, which is such a weird... Magical, <sighs> witchy, strange, like, again, the only time I've, other time I've interacted with the word imprint was in the book Twilight. Right. I'm, I read it a while ago. Uh-huh. I'm not afraid to admit it. So, okay, I want to read this out and yeah. see what y'all think. Go for it. Uh, Jessica Valenti, um read this book it's awesome she says the desirable virgin is sexy but not sexual she's young white and skinny she's a cheerleader a babysitter she's accessible and eager to please remember those ethics of passivity she's never a woman of color she's never a low-income girl or a fat girl she's never disabled virgin is a designation for those who meet a certain standard of what women especially young women are supposed to look like as for how these young women are supposed to act a blank slate is best. So here we go. This is a this is a good place to look at it because virginity is and and I'm speaking to a room of white people like the way that I virginity has hurt me and hurt those I know is different than it, it's different for everybody, right? right? So for me it's like, mm, they think I'm a prude and then all of a sudden, oh, they think I'm a slut. But there's some people who are never allowed to be virgins. I have right. a professor, Dr. Carrot Souza, who says that um, she talks about who who gets to be sexy and who gets to be a virgin. And she says there's 
certain groups of people, women of color, especially poor women, um, who are always sluts. And that's why she doesn't like support the slut walk necessarily, because it's like some of us are always sluts. Um, and it doesn't matter who you've had sex with, if you've had sex, uh, you're just a, you've been labeled as a slut by nature of your identity. So anyway, any thoughts on this, Rachel? Well, I think that's where religion kind of has an interesting juxtaposition because the ideal you're supposed to live up to is the Virgin Mary. And I think (laughs) we always see the Virgin Mary depicted as the thin white woman, although Mm -hmm. I can't speak to whether or not she babysat or was a cheerleader. So there was actually, (laughs) I recently saw some art um, that was a modern alternative take on Mary and Joseph. um, And it was them basically... Um, behind like a 7-Eleven or something, she's visually pregnant. And I believe they are men- implied to be Mexican. Um, mm-hmm. It's implied to be Southern U.S. And you can see the motel behind them, you know, no vacancy. And there's a lot of very motif sort of things in it that mm-hmm. refer to the story. But it's a much more interesting take because when you think about it, they were two, not necessarily, Im- yeah, they were immigrants uh, mm-hmm. in the most basic sense who, one, was, she was pregnant, she was trying to find somewhere to be, uh, and she, they, they no one would take it or in. And then she's idolized in a lot of the Christian, I hate to say mythos, but in the Christian canon, um, for being a virgin and having, you know, God's child, but she was shunned and her child was shunned in all of the society. But now, you know, she's idolized as the virgin and she's in depiction. She's, you know, very white, very skinny, um, which is probably highly inaccurate. Right. Right. I used to, I mean, I think it, I kind of innocently was, used to be like, oh, they think these Middle Eastern historical figures are white. How weird. And then I learned a little bit and I was like, oh, white supremacy. Right. It's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's what it is. It's just white supremacy. Right. So I definitely agree with you on that whole concept of like who's allowed to be a virgin. And it's that sexualization of virgins. Because yeah. if you're, if you're a, if you're a heavy set man and you're a virgin and you're you know any age really then it, it, everyone laughs at you right. if you're a heavy set woman of any age or you're a woman of color of a lot of ages and you're a virgin everyone will laugh at you but if you are young especially you know under the age of you know 18 mm-hmm. and you're a virgin and you're the picturesque picture playful, of yeah, beauty then oh you're highly bird. sexualized and there's a whole there's whole categories of porn around there's, it yeah, really different ways that you're sexualized but like who is pure who do who's pure to us and uh it's a lot of women a lot of people are outside of that category so i think it's it's a it's a better conversation about virginity than just kind of sticking to like oh like they think i'm a slut it's so much more complicated mm-hmm. than that and also the springs when you're talking about like the reimage um reimagining of the Virgin Mary and that painting. The, this other thing comes to mind. It's uh, Dr. Dorothy Roberts. She does uh, a lecture series. She uh, does a lot of things about sex and black women and health. And so this particular lecture was liberating sexuality, starting with black women. Um, and I wanted to mention it uh, next to what you just said, just because what she says is that black women have been so sexualized that there's like no escaping it. And uh, the danger of black sexuality for or sexuality for black women is that uh, it it doesn't necessarily fit into our like white supremacist heteropatriarchal view of what sex should look like. Mm-hmm. It, it's when Kate McKinnon's talking about sexuality, when we're talking about the purity myth, when Jessica Valenti's talking about the purity myth, black women exist outside of that. Mm-hmm. And so, if we want to sit in a circle and talk about what 
liberation looks like, what um, feminism looks like. It starts with the black women because uh, there's people who are outside of even these arbitrary um, contraptions of what you should and should not do. Some people don't even have a chance. Like, there's a certain oppression to knowing that your behavior is monitored and your behavior is judged, but there's something else to be said that it doesn't even matter what you do right. or how you act. You're going to be sexualized. Mm-hmm. Your body is going to be well, I feel like, the, like, yes, black women is an important topic, but I also feel like a lot of women of color experience that. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you look at the the and i'm using quotes here yellow fever mm-hmm. um this i this strange sexualization oh, yeah. of asian women especially like that's a, that i would say is up there with the you know skinny girl next door motif of like her, the right. virgin right and that's someone else and that's a whole other thing is there's there's again no escaping that because i think some of us are left kind of with the question of like how do i act that is right and it's stressful and it's oppressive and it's impossible, but then you have, yeah, women of color fall even outside of that in different ways. Right. That makes sense. It's like, I'm trying to like, I'm making a lot of hand signals. I keep forgetting how <laughs> there podcasts are. There's a lot of hand work. signals. And I'm like trying to make a hierarchy for you. Imagine a hierarchy of how women act in sex. And then just outside of that, way down here is where women of color get to be for different reasons. And it acts, you're right, in bringing up Asian women, it acts differently on different bodies. Um and, and so my understanding of how this hurts me, Rachel's understanding, your understanding, are are specific. And I, I want to open up that conversation and, and open up that research for myself, at least, because um, what does liberation look like? Is it free the nipple? Let me be. Let me have sex who I want to have sex with. Mom, don't judge me. Uh, or is it understanding all of the different power dynamics and how they impact mm-hmm. people differently? So anyway. Yeah. Well... Going to transition to a completely different direction now um, and do a bit of story time and talk about our experiences with first times of virginity. Uh, Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? You can go first. I can go first. Okay. Um, So when I lost my virginity, I was 15. Uh, I had been dating my first ever real girlfriend for about three months. um, And we had been pretty intimate since like when we first started dating, um, being, you know, 15, 16 year olds and being as horny as we were. Um, but our first time happened after I had gone to a track meet, um, and she had just gotten on birth control. And one day we texted and we were like, well, I get my parents aren't going to be home later. I guess we could do this thing. So I got back from track meet. She came over and we had sex on my couch. I lasted about 15 seconds. (laughs) So, um, and it was just like awkward after. And then we went to a... Uh, and then we went to like a weird 4-H event. There was like no foreplay, <laughs> no afterplay. Um, it was bad. It was real bad. Like we, it, it was rough because I didn't know what to expect. And I felt rushed into it because there was all the hormones driving it and just this like pressure of losing your virginity. Um, um, and so on one hand, like we rushed into it and it was terrible because of that. But I also feel like if we had like planned the whole night, I don't think it would have necessarily been any better Mm -hmm. because I was probably still going to last 15 seconds no matter what. (laughs) And I didn't know what I was looking like, what I was expecting. And so it was, yeah, it was a pretty bad experience. But, you know, from then I moved on and we had sex a lot more and I've been with multiple partners since and I've I've gotten okay at it. But I would say it took (laughs) me, you know, about five years (laughs) to be okay at it. Um, So, yeah, that's that's the story of how I lost my virginity on 
a uh, on a couch. Yeah, it seems young. Yeah, sexuality didn't hit me until I was like seventeen, <laughs> and all before that I was like, oh, all right, maybe I'm not into the whole sexuality thing. Someone kissed me, and I was like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> But then I turned 17, and yeah, I just got hit with that train. Someone put his hands in my pants, and I was like, never take them out. <laughs> um, which is how I dated a horrible person for five months. He wasn't horrible. He just, like, didn't have a personality. Um, I hope you developed one if you're out there, friend. Um, and yeah, no, my first time is kind of a bummer. It's it's interesting. Chapman and I, like, pitched this as a comedy podcast, <laughs> but when you end up talking about your personal experiences with sex, you're like, huh, are we laughing I, I, listen, or I are think, we crying? I think laughing about 15 seconds is funny. <laughs> I can look back it at is. it now and it laugh, because I can last at least, like, 30 seconds now. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, <laughs> your first time. Twice as good, I guess. Yeah, no, really I've, I've improved by 100% in five <laughs> years, six years, seven years. I'm old now. Yeah. So, um, my first time is not a particularly awesome experience. I think that I felt a huge amount of pressure to get it over with, right? Because I managed to maintain this precious virginity through high school somehow. Well, because that boy didn't want me to imprint on him and steal his <laughs> oh, that, soul okay, and have his boy. children. Okay. okay. So then I get out of high school and I'm like, I got it. And then I was like, oh no, I got it. I'm not supposed to have this anymore. And then I was like, a, are you my mommy? But like, instead, you know so that you little bird? Imprint. That little bird who's like, are you my mommy? No, what birds do? Mommy? They imprint? No, no. I'm talking about the, chi- the children's book. You yeah, know the children's right. book? So basically you were saying, are you the one who's going to bang yeah, me? Like, are you yeah. going to bang yeah, me? Yeah, basically that was my thing. I was like, are we going to have sex? Are we going to have sex? Like, I was just really looking. And so then I was in this messed up situation. Well, so, you, so you came to college, right? I came to college. You, so our a good friend of ours who helped with us with a beta version of this podcast, uh, she said before she lost virgin, her virginity that she came to college and I quote, expected to be tapped, tapped like, like an, an oil, oil rig, rig. <laughs> uh, which is one of my favorite <laughs> quotes. Um, but so did you expect that? Is that that's what you're hoping for? It was that no. What was actually what the looming fear inside of me was that. The longer I wait to have sex, the harder it will be to convince people to have sex with me. That's what was happening. And so this this weight just got heavier and heavier. And so then I was with this guy. It's not a great situation. Things are messed up. And suddenly sex was happening. And it, it didn't happen with... Suddenly. It, yeah, no, suddenly. And, like, it, it didn't happen with, with my approval mm. um, or my quite consent it was just kind of like oh that's that's oh all right i guess this is and i didn't have the words to stop it despite being a person full of Mm self-love full of empowerment i couldn't i couldn't say no because i was like well i I guess he's doing me a favor he's taking this huge horrible weight and now i will be and like you know like and so then i it took me about three weeks to look back and be like oh Mm mm-hmm Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> so, and it's not that funny. It's just, it's just how I mean, it's. But it's cause... it's realistic and, and it's real, especially yeah. with like the topic of a lot of you know the First sort of times. sexual assaults that have been happening recently. Mm-hmm. With the situation, I think with Aziz Ansari is the one that is most notable to that because, well, no, she may not have said no, but there's also a lot of cues that like if you if you consider you yourself you know mature enough to have sex, you should be a person mature and adult enough to really communicate especially yeah. if you know it's your did he at least know it was your first time yeah yeah so i feel like that's just an expectation of human reality yeah. yeah i think 
and that's when when I re- rejected this article on sexuality that kind of talked about how rooted and dominant dom <laughs> domination rooted in dominance. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sexes. Uh, at first, I was like, no, because I'm with a partner and we have fun. And then I thought about it for a second, and I was like, my first time was really bad, and and I don't have a lot of anger towards this man. I don't, because I think about all of the the power dynamics we have going on, and how have we been taught to understand sex? I've been taught to play hot potato with my virginity before I am rejected forever. Um, and he's been taught to take what he wants because women want to be taken, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he was wrong. Mm-hmm. I think Aziz Ansari was wrong. I think Louis C.K. was wrong. I'm not I'm not excusing anybody. Right. But I think it's much more effective to try the system than the person. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a matter of we need to root out the seed of all this, not just, yeah. yes, it's great. We should definitely hold people accountable. Right. But we also need to hold society accountable for creating it's, this kind of situation. It's way more fun. And easier to find evil people because right. you find an evil person, you, put a face to it. you can put a face to it, you can put him in jail, you can put him on an island, you can never go on a date with him. These are right. these are things you can do. But what's harder to understand is how in all of our hearts, I'm talking, I'm making some eye contact with you two here, <laughs> listener, listen to me closely, <laughs> our understandings of sex are rooted in patriarchies different kinds of patriarchies Mm -hmm. but patriarchies so that we don't get to take that out of our minds and hearts when we enter into a bedroom that doesn't mean you can never have sex that doesn't mean you should be ashamed of what you like that means you should be thoughtful about what you do and Mm -hmm. how you do it so that's my first time thoughts rachel that note rachel (laughs) so part of the reason they asked me on the show is because if we're gonna subscribe to this idea of virginity i would still technically be a virgin um Hands have been in my pants. I've had hands in other people's pants. It happens. It just um, happens. But in terms of actual penetration, that is a we've got a no-fly zone for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of interesting. You know, I am 22, and part of me wonders if my first time will involve penetration or if it won't and what that looks like um, as somebody who identifies as a female. And also, I've started to experience potential partners that have been a little bit potentially freaked out by the fact that I haven't actually had sex and mm-hmm. I can't like verify that for sure. Um, but it's definitely something, you know, you think about in the back of your mind, mm-hmm. if that's going to be a factor when you enter into a relationship with somebody or even just into a, let's have fun together with somebody. Right. And so that's where I'm at. Hmm. I don't know what else to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, and it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting perspective uh, because you do identify as bisexual uh, as well as do I. Um, and that's a that's a weird concept to bring queerness into it because, like you said, your first time having air quote sex may not be with somebody who has a penis, and so there are, I'm sure a lot of definitions that wouldn't qualify that as having sex or losing virginity. But like I feel like if you can safely say you got it on with a, another human being, like you can say that you've lost your virginity. Yeah, exactly. And then there, you know, it's a question of oh, is is virginity different for different types of queer relationships? Uh, is it different for uh, men who love men and women who love women and people, transgender people and everything in between? Mm-hmm. Because you're coming from a lot of different genitals. You're coming from a lot of different romanticisms, a lot of different sexualities. And it's like, where is virginity? Where is sex? Where is what? Mm-hmm. Because what I consider foreplay is, 
from a lesbian perspective is sex or could be right. sex or is part of sex. sex yeah. And so then is foreplay sex. It's it's complicated. It's really complicated. And I feel like you can't talk about virginities and first times without talking about that LGBTQ perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And queer theory provides um, some interesting insight across the board, even if you're talking about strictly heterosexual relationships, <laughs> right? Because um, it shifts the pressure off of this specific interaction, the specific kind of interaction, in, in positive ways and negative ways, that you should take foreplay and afterplay seriously because those are, like, not just... Even the way I said it is kind of weird, right? That that's, like, before and after the big event. Right. We've Which, all... And let's face it, the big event is generally the, the male orgasm, right? Right. Like yes. that's that's what defines the end of sex. So in, even here, a lot of relationships. Me on my radically feminist sex show, I'm like, yeah, the play before the awesome thing and the play after the awesome thing. Well, what's the awesome thing? Right. It doesn't do anything for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, queer, queer theory is important, and another caveat to this is like, also when you're talking about um, able-bodied versus um, disabled, disabled. Uh, not everybody has the same parts right. and the same mechanisms. And so to to put all the stress of the sexual experience on penis goes into vagina, it's a huge disservice to women, but then it cuts a lot of people out of the picture. Mm-hmm. We talked about um, queer people, that cuts them out of the picture, but then a lot of people who are not able-bodied are cut out. Um, and so to understand like pleasure as a complex thing... Mm-hmm. Uh, is important because, and this is this is one of the ways I think that applying queer theory to everybody's sexual life is important. Uh, I think that the female orgasm needs to be va- valued. I think pleasure for both parties needs to be valued. So that's the exciting. Well, I, and I think I think sex for the sake of enjoying it, and not sex for the sake of anybody getting off. Like, yes, of course, the goal is both people getting off, especially multiple times, if you can manage it, but. You can have sex where one partner doesn't get off. Maybe they have their own issues with it mm-hmm. or it just doesn't They're tired. work. Yeah. Or you can have sex where neither party gets off. That doesn't make it any less of sex. Right. The the sex that we're trying to understand if we're going to be f- working from a feminist framework, from a queer framework, from an anti-racist framework, um, we're going to understand it as pleasure mm-hmm. and consensual pleasure. Uh, and it's a good time to talk about virginity because virginity is one way that it makes it very clear to us what what we're made to understand as important in sex. Right. And you're yeah. right, and that's the male orgasm. And so you have one last thing I want to talk about, one which is that sexuality is text. Um, oh, yeah. Because I thought that I think that was the most interesting, and I think it kind of sets the stage for what we want to talk yeah. about yeah. on this show because it, it refers, you know, sex being more or less than sex. Mm-hmm. So Michael Kimmel and Rebecca Plante um, in Sexualities, uh, they write that sex is both more and less than a biological drive. It is a primary mechanism which we constitute our identities, and it is also just another arena of social interaction. This is what I was saying to you earlier that you enjoyed is that first person, not the first person, but the first published significant person to talk and publish about sex was Freud. And we mentioned Freud earlier mm-hmm. because, you know, the interesting reputation at this point. Um, but Freud's whole thing was that everything is sex. Art is sex. Politics is sex. Culture is sex. Right. And then they were like, maybe Freud's a little weird. <laughs> maybe maybe Freud just freaky. really likes sex. Yeah. And so then um, 
then someone else comes into the game. Uh, John Gag, uh, John Gagnon and William Simon wrote Sexual Conduct in 1973, and they flipped it, and they said that maybe you can find political, economic, culturally, and even moral motivated uh, motivations in sexual conduct itself. So maybe so it's, not- it's taking it. Freud said that sex is everywhere, and they said everywhere is in sex. Right. Right. So we're gonna be critically thinking about what we do. Sex is super fun. Oh, mm-hmm. this is also a show about romance. It is a show about romance. This Unfortunately, fr- first times are first times are mine, devoid mine of is romance. Not romantic. I'm sure there are people who lay out flowers and set candles and maybe last more than 15 seconds. And I'm sure it's very romantic. And I have had some very romantic sex with partners. However, first time and virginity talk is not a lot of romance because it's. I don't think it's viewed. It's it's romanticized. It's, but it's not, not romantic. romantic. Yeah. 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 And so um I I like this idea um that Kimmel and Plante bring up through that sexual conduct text, but it, it, looking at patriarchies, they influence the way we have sex. Racism, it influences the way we have sex. Uh heteronormativity, like all these things. Mm-hmm. We don't get to set them outside. We we don't take off our shoes and our internalized sexism and our internal <laughs> and our and our racisms right. and our um, anti in anti disabled people. Um, We're uh, all learning, ableism. folks. Yeah, which, ableism. Thank ableism. Yeah. you, RA. Say, there's, a, there's a term for that. Yeah, I was like, oh. so um, no, you can't. You take off your clothes, but not your shitty socializations. <laughs> Uh, and I want to understand them and understand how we can be better mm-hmm. and understand uh, how we can love more, have awesome sex, because um, that's the goal, right? Yeah. No, it's to, it's to have awesome sex and to make it, yeah, to make it the most, especially conscious is a weird way of putting it. Because yeah. it's just it's just a matter of doing what doing what you do, not hurting anybody else while you do it and recognizing that some things are going to need to be changed in the next like at least hopefully a hundred years if mm-hmm. we're to like be the kind of society that I personally believe that we should be. Some people may disagree and that's fine, but yeah. Liberation is hard work, yep. but I believe that it is worth it because I've it's had... A, it's a wicked problem. I just read a paper on that for <laughs> my it's class. Problem. It's a wicked problem. It's an issue that is rooted in people's core beliefs is sex is sex is one of the core things of society i mean it's it's from a basic standpoint we're designed to eat and raise our offspring right yeah so so let's take a hard look let's take a hard look and i think it is worth it because i've not had the joy of living in a liberated world uh of an entirely just world but i've had glimpses of it glimpses of romance Glimpses of positive sex. Glimpses of successful coalitions. We'll talk more on that later. <laughs> um, and these glimpses have been joyful and exciting. So we well, can do it. That's all the time we have for today. Um, Rachel, I want to thank you for joining us. and for having sharing, me. Yeah, and sharing your experiences with us and your perspective. Uh, Tati, I want to thank you for being you. Uh, <laughs> listener. Thanks for being Chapman. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, radio listener, I want to thank you for listening, and I hope that you come back for our next episode and continue on this journey of Dirty Talk with us. That's all for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.